Disclaimer, this content is meant for information only and not as a diagnosis or medical treatment for any condition. If you or a loved one needs help, please seek out a qualified medical professional for assistance. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Katie Osta, BSN, RN, IBCLC, and infant feeding specialist. Quench your thirst for knowledge and travel with me across the nation to discover, learn, collaborate, and better serve clients from all over the globe. Let's ride and thrive together. Hi, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I am recording this from San Diego today because I am back on the road. So today is kind of one of my update episodes. So if you've been listening, you know that I started traveling from Northern California in May. I sold my house and we left Northern California in June and started traveling. And then the end of August, the 29th, I had a car accident where our trailer was totaled. And thankfully, everybody was completely safe and fine. Our truck was fine. My kids, my husband, and our pets were all on the truck with me and we were all fine. However, it it did derail our, our life for a while. But we did get a new RV and we're back on the road. We left uh, the big mm, early November, about November 9th or 10th, I think. And we started traveling again. So I wanted to give you an update as to how it's going traveling and meeting providers because it has been amazing. You know, guys, I am just amazed at the amount of really talented, truly caring and very knowledgeable providers out in this world. You know, I started in Santa Barbara and I met with Dale, Tyler, and Katrina Mitchell. Both of those are the next couple of episodes, which you will absolutely love. They are so knowledgeable. Katrina Mitchell is a breast surgeon and IBCLC and perinatal mood specialist. Dale Tyler is a ENT with a master's of public health and ankyloglossia tongue tie. They are just both so knowledgeable in their field and they both really, one thing that I left because I interviewed them both the same day, I left feeling like these are amazingly knowledgeable, experienced, strong women who really feel the need to be an advocate for others. They are doing such amazing things. And wow, Santa Barbara is just a really blessed city to have such an amazing team there for breastfeeding families. And sneak peek, there will be another episode coming out probably later in February, the beginning of March with another provider from Santa Barbara as well. Uh, Her name is Sabrina and she runs Then Comes Baby. You will learn more about that in probably the end of February, but she's an amazing provider as well in Santa Barbara. So Santa Barbara is a small little community with actually not a huge number of families. It does tend to be a city with an older population of retired people and college kids, not as many middle of the road families, but what families there are, are very blessed to have these amazing providers. You know, then we left Santa Barbara and we went to Palm Desert, which was a very relaxing week over by Palm Springs and hung out and did family things for a bit, got my COVID booster because that's the thing to do to keep everybody safe right now. And I'm blessed for that ability and that my health will allow it. I know not everyone can safely have the COVID vaccine. So I'm, I view it as doing my part to keep myself, my family, and anyone I come in contact with as safe as possible. So that's what makes me feel good right now. And that's what I did. But it 
the vaccine itself did make me feel good. I did feel a little crummy for a couple of days, as did my husband, but we recovered and came down to San Diego. And in San Diego, I was blessed to spend the day yesterday, actually, at Team Tung Tai. And you guys, this... I'm just blown away sometimes by the amazing providers out here, just everywhere, all over the country. And they are just in these little pockets and sometimes they're really well known and sometimes they're not, but they are all doing such amazing, wonderful things for the families they meet. So you will love the episode with Team Tongue Tai. They were absolutely passionate about Tongue Tai and passionate about good care for families. They are run by two sisters who one is a neonatal trained pediatrician. The other is a pediatric dentist. So they are super qualified, really quite overqualified and just an amazing team. They're both IBCLCs and they have two IBCLCs in the office as well. Their families get fantastic care. And speaking of families, they treat families, not just babies or adults. They treat families. It's not uncommon for them to see a family come in with a baby with tongue tie. And then they all realize that, hey, the older kids have it. And guess what? They got it from the parents and we all have it. And for them all to come back and get their tongue lasered, like it's absolutely amazing, you know, and and to see the difference you can make an entire family to help everybody really thrive and feel better. It's astounding. I am constantly in awe of the amount of really skilled providers out there and I love learning from them all. So, you know, each time I spend a day with another provider, whether it's an hour or a whole day, I'm learning more and I'm bringing it back and making my practice better, making my, you know, offering more to my clients, having better knowledge and other perspectives. There are things that we're doing right now that in five years, we're going to look back and go, well, that wasn't quite right. Right. I mean, that's just what happens with With knowledge, we always look back and, or at least we hope to, honestly, I hope to look back and say, wow, if only I'd known what I know now, because you know what? That means I'm learning something. That means we're constantly learning. It isn't about being right. It isn't about knowing everything. There's no way to know everything. I mean, Dale Tyler is a board certified pediatric ENT with a master's in public health in Anglaglossia and says, She doesn't know everything. She expects to look back in 10 years and know that she's doing things wrong, but she was doing the best she could and she expects to keep learning. And that's really the attitude that I have. I love learning. I love books and courses and meeting with other providers and conferences and, you know, reading studies and learning from clients. I don't think we always give that quite enough validity. I learn from every client I interact with. I learn whether it's a big thing about, you know, how my words have impact and how I can kind of guide gently, whether it's a small thing and just a little bit of a teaching style that might be easier. Sometimes I learn what it's like being a new parent right now. My kids are almost 13 and 10. It is totally different. I mean, for starters, these guys, you're parenting in the middle of a pandemic none of us have ever lived through. There's nothing like this. So what they're going through is already so different than what I went through as a new parent. But on top of it, there's a lot that's changed even in the last 10 years. There's a ton of baby gear out there that's different. There's different expectations. There's different pressure on these parents. 
So a lot of times I'm learning from these parents and, and learning what are they going through right now and how can I help them? I love working with babies. I mean, they're adorable and so cuddly and so cute, although I don't get to cuddle them on virtuals, but I don't do this for the babies. I do this for the parents, you guys. I do this because it is so hard to be there every day to give your all 24-7 for this new little human and to not feel like anyone's there for you. Pediatricians only seeing the baby. The OB is barely seeing you. I mean, if you had a vaginal delivery, they'll see you in six weeks and tell you that, hey, you can go have sex and exercise. That's exactly what you don't want to do, right? Not what you're ready for. Nobody is seeing the dyad. So this is such a unique time in life when a mom is not, or a birthing parent is not just themselves. Really, they're not. The first three to six months postpartum, especially the first trimester, that first three months, they are like one being. That baby is so dependent on mom and that that birthing parent is so intertwined with that baby. They are just completely together. And I really feel blessed to be in lactation because this is one area where we truly see and care for the dyad. We are there to see and to know how they interact how they support each other, how they help each other, what's not working. And we're seeing them together every time. Every time, you guys, I am seeing mom and a baby and I can't just look at mom. I can't just say, hey, how are you? How's your supply without looking at baby? I can't just look at baby and say, hey, how's baby's weight without looking at mom and her breasts and her nipples. And it's so intertwined. So I feel very blessed to be in this. And I do learn so much from every family I work with and from every provider I meet with, I just love being able to learn. And there's been a lot, even in this last just few weeks that I've been learning, you know, meeting with a, a breast surgeon, she has a completely different outlook than I do. She's obviously way more trained than I am being an MD and being a breast surgeon, but she's got a different look at it. And listening to Dr. Mitchell explain how the breast looks internally, right? She talks about how she would never massage a breast because it wouldn't occur to her once you've seen the inside of a breast, you know how different it is than say a bicep muscle, right? That it's not something that should be massaged. It's not a big fibers thing. It is a gland and everything in it is not, we kind of imagine you know, ducks in the breast being like straws, right? Like our blood vessels. And it's just this straw and that straw and you get a plug duct only in this one. But she explains how it's really much more of a cobweb that they're so intertwined, right? There's no way to pick out this duct versus that duct. They're completely together. So that in itself is just mind-blowing and not something that I would have the perspective of. I've read it, but I haven't seen it, right? I've never seen the inside of a breast the way she has. So it's it's all about learning, you guys. Everywhere I go, my goal is to learn something. And my, that's my goal in life anyways. But professionally, I am intentionally seeking out as many providers to work with so that I can learn from them. You know, yesterday at Team Tongue Tie, their post-phrenectomy care was different than I'm used to from, say, Dr. Yazdi or even Dr. Whitcoff. They had a different post-phrenectomy care and... It's interesting to learn and to ask, you know, I don't just hear why they do it. Then I say, well, why? You know, what what is the reason for this? And they talk me through how in the last four years they've changed their post-op care, but they also follow their rates 
they had a 1.8% revision rate on their pronectomies. 1.8 needing, you know, having adhesions or having reattachment or however you want to say it. 1.8, pretty low. So what they're doing for their post-care is working. Part of what they're doing is seeing everyone in person two days later, because two days later is enough time to still get in there and open it up manually with your hand if the family has not been doing post-op care adequate, right? But by five, six days, you can't do that. By a week, you're not going to be able to do that. Even if you feel it tightened, you're not going to be able to just manually get in and release. So, you know, I'm learning from other providers and seeing and asking about their research. What do they see? What is their methodology? You know, why are they doing this? And I am learning for my clients and for my professional wants and needs, but also I have a personal journey here, guys. I am, as you know, traveling the country in my RV, but I am also the mom of two amazing kids that happen to be tongue-tied, which I did not know, right? I did not, when I had my girls, I did not know they were tongue-tied. Nobody said anything. Breastfeeding was incredibly painful with my first. And I was one of those that was told, you just need to toughen up. It's your first baby, you know, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I didn't know any better. And so I struggled through and I made it. And we successfully, you know, breastfed for over two years. And with my second, her tongue tie was not as bad, um, although it's ironically worse than her sister's nail. But we breastfed again for another couple of years and we were able to, to make it through things with honestly very little support. And I was blessed. It was difficult, but I was blessed. I see so many families where their struggle is so much greater than what I went through. So I know I was blessed. But now I have children who have their own struggle. And my 10-year-old has a high, very high palate, which you would not expect in a child that has breastfed for two years. They should have a nice, wide, flatter palate that the tongue really easily fits on. Her tongue can't reach her palate. You know, we've got issues with mouth breathing and not sleeping well. We've got issues with teeth placement and functional things like TMJ and headaches and neck pain. And as I travel, I am, you know, meeting with providers, listening to what they do, learning from them, sharing what I know, and also interviewing them as a parent. All the other stuff is a professional, but as a parent, I'm constantly thinking, where do I want to go? How am I going to have my kids seen? What am I going to do? What is the path? What is the route? And interesting for me to be going through this parent side of it uh, with older kids because I only work with babies, right? And realistically, there's so many different answers. You know, there's the, I'm told by some providers, you really have to do myo first. They need, you know, three months of myo before they can even look at the tongue. And then I talk to another provider and it's, nope, they don't need myo first because they can't get their tongue up there. Doesn't matter how much myo you do, they're not going to get it there. They need the release first and then the myo. And then there's those who say you should only have a release during cranial sacral treatment, during a CST. And then there's those that say body work is great if you can do it, but it's not necessary, right? It's a bonus, but it's not required. It, there's so many options out there. And from a parent side, I'm looking at all of this and my God, does it make me feel for these new parents? Because first of all, 
I've got older kids. I also have the luxury of time. I've known that my kids were tongue-tied for more than a year. Probably the last couple years, we've been kind of thinking about this and looking at it and evaluating. And there's nothing pressing. Obviously, we're not dealing with weight issues and feeding issues and all of that. And so that gives me the ability to think on it and to find the most skilled provider that works for our family the best and to prepare my kids. Like I have time, I have the luxury of time. And I'm also not a sleep deprived brand new parent. So it, gosh, it gives me so much perspective of how overwhelming it must be for them as that new sleep deprived parent with the teeny tiny baby to be told, hey, your baby has tongue tie. And then frequently to be told, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. And to try to figure it out. It's got to be so hard. So that's part of my passion here is that I know what it was like as a parent to not be heard. And I see my kids developing issues that I know are going to only get bigger. You know, when I, when I meet with these providers, practically every one of them has had their own release or those who haven't had their release, their child's been released. Dale's two boys were released. Dr. Yazdi released his own tongue. Dr. Sacker yesterday at Team Tongue Tie released her own tongue and then her sister released her buckles. You know, I there's so much, so many providers. Dr. Whitkoff had his tongue released. There's so many providers that are tongue-tied and that's part of their passion here. But what I hear is so interesting. You know, when we release a baby, we really don't know. We really don't know how it feels. They can't articulate it. They can't tell us what it feels better and what doesn't. I mean, we can see it in some of the happiness and the mood change and the the ease of things, but we they can't articulate it. When you release an older child or an adult, it is so interesting. You know, I hear from adults that they didn't realize that their neck was tight from their tongue tie, or this is the first time in their life they felt like they could get this deep of a breath, that they could really take a deep, deep breath. You know, I've heard of providers having um, salivary stone or needing sinus surgery or having reflux. Like there's so many different symptoms, headaches, migraines, TMJ. And it's so interesting because each you know, you can't just list one set of possible symptoms because for adults, at least and older children, each person's such an individual and it depends. For example, my two children, my, my older one, her tongue tie looks worse. I mean, it structurally looks terrible. However, she has more function and my younger one's tongue tie isn't that bad, but she has less function. She cannot get her tongue as high and her palate because she can't get her tongue high over the last, you know, what, eight years since she stopped breastfeeding, her palate has gotten incredibly high. And the higher it goes, the less chance her tongue has of reaching it. And she has more environmental allergies. So as she gets, you know, as allergies bother her, she gets congestion and her nasal passage gets all congested. And then it narrows her airway even more. And that just compounds the problem. So it's been interesting for me as a parent to watch this and to see some of those adult and older children's symptoms happen to my own kids. So as I travel, you know, I'm leaving California tomorrow and this is the beginning of December. I am on my way east. So we'll be going through Arizona, through New Mexico, through Texas, and I'll actually be spending Christmas over in New Orleans and New Year's. And then we'll be heading over towards Florida in the early um, 2022. So as I meet with providers, 
I'm basically interviewing everyone in my head as a professional and as a parent. I'm wondering, you know, what kind of release is better for my kids? Some providers are doing the frenioplasty, a functional frenioplasty, where we are having a longer procedure with sutures, with a little bit less aggressive post-care. But then other providers are doing full laser release with no, with fascia only, no genioglossal muscle cut, no sutures and having just as good of a release, but needing more post-care. You know, it's, I don't know what the right answer is and I don't know it professionally. And I certainly don't know it as a parent. It doesn't feel like I can find that right answer, but I'm interviewing providers and trying to figure out what is the right path for my kids. Do we start with, you know, they've had tons of body work. We went to a, a wonderful chiropractor for twice a week for almost two years and as our, you know, holistic health plan of, of care as well. And that was great and did help some things, but definitely did not change their oral function at all in their tongue range of motion. So, you know, is, is more body work going to do it? Do we try cranial sacral? Do we go with the laser release? That's a, just a phrenectomy or do we go with the full phrenioplasty? It's, you know, you'll have to stay tuned because I don't have those answers right now. And I don't know those answers yet. So my plan is as a parent to try to figure that out and hope that I hope that I pick the right answer. You know, my uh, my kids are not on social media yet. I am a old school, fairly private parent. I'm on professionally, but I'm not really, I don't share my kids stuff. So I will talk about their journeys. You, you won't really see pictures if you're following my um, Instagram, my work stuff. You'll see some but you won't get a whole lot of faces of my kids because they're also at the age where they want to be on social media and I'm still trying to keep that away. So, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to parent through. I was not prepared for, oh, I don't know that we're ever prepared as parents. I'm definitely not prepared for parenting a teenager and yet my daughter will be one in just like two months. So time to get prepared, I suppose. Um, But that's, you know, that's our journey. That's where I'm at. So I wanted to give you guys all an update on our path and where we're going and who we're meeting with. And there's so many amazing providers, you guys. I am so blessed to have a lot to meet with and a lot to learn from and to share with. I am hopeful about who I will meet with in early 2022. And I just know that there's so much out there. And I just, I want us all learning from each other. I don't like the idea of working in my own little bubble. And I think sometimes, especially in private practice, that's kind of what happens is you, you work in your own little bubble and you don't necessarily have others. And I thrive on learning from others. So I want my team, I want to learn about it. And I don't know if you listen to the first episode, you might know that I don't know where my family and I are going to end up. So we have lived in California most of our life. We've lived in Western Washington for three years and we know that California is out. We don't know if we were going back to Washington, but we really are trying to keep our options open and find the right place where we feel like we're going to fit. And part of that is professionally for me. So being in San Diego yesterday and seeing Team Tung Tai was an amazing thing, right? Seeing a a center where they are working together as IBCLCs and for the release and everyone's working together was really wonderful and talk about a dream setup. So, you know, as I travel, that's something I'm looking for. Do I find the ideal setup already? Do I find somewhere with amazing providers that I make it with them? 
you know, I don't know. I don't know what that right answer is yet, but on this journey, I hope to find it. And I hope to, you know, I hope that my family's right place also, you know, we find that right professional place for me as well. And there's just so many amazing providers out there that I know that I will find that right spot where it all works. So I am looking forward to the journey continuing in 2022. And I am saying, you know, getting ready to say goodbye to 2021 and thankful for what it brought me. And as a, you know, as a side note, our accident was really terrible and scary. And I'm immensely thankful that we are all fine. But I have to say too, that our new RV is so much, so much easier and more wonderful. And it's making this life really easy. And I am enjoying it so much. My kids are enjoying it. My husband's enjoying homeschooling them. You know, we are out in national parks. I think we have four national parks planned in the next two weeks. It's going to be a busy two weeks. So before Christmas, and then we'll have some downtime, but you know, I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. I hope that you can hear about some of these providers and who knows, you might want to reach out to somebody that you didn't know about in a neighboring town or across the country. You might want to learn from them. You might want to find out what they're doing. And you might just, you know, heck, you might just want to follow them on Instagram and, you know, maybe Team Tengtai is what you need to learn about or Katrina Mitchell having a breastfeeding medicine doc around is such a rare thing who also has a specialty in perinatal mental health. Like what a resource. So I think there's just so much to be shared really is where we're at. So I hope you are enjoying this journey and I hope you keep listening and share this podcast with somebody else so they can listen as well. So thank you. And I will be joining you in 2022. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change you. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast today and learned something new. If you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, please share.